welcome to the Niners Nation podcast. Niner Nate here with you again, and it's been another crazy week during the 49ers offseason. With me, as always, is the one, the only, Leo Enrique Luna. How are you? Oh my gosh, you had to throw out there, Enrique. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Um, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing better than the Detroit fan base. Because not only you lost Matthew Stafford, you had your franchise say, okay, let's go all in on Jared Goff. I don't think that they're going to go all in on Jared Goff. I think they're going to like see what happens. But I think that like they would rather fix the roster around quarterback before they fix quarterback. And they're willing to take that cap hit. I, that situation is so weird because it felt like the Niners were going to get him. Um, like Thursday, Friday, you know, you woke up and you you were pretty confident it was going to happen. And then Saturday, things kind of started to change, and it seemed like maybe some the, some other teams offered some other stuff. You know, you heard Washington offered pick nineteen, and then all of a sudden, about eight o'clock Saturday night, you know, there he is. He's a Los Angeles Ram, and we have now the worst quarterback in the division. And it's like, what the heck happened between you know? It, where it felt like, you know, everyone and their mother was reporting that he was going to San Francisco to him going to the Los Angeles Rams of all teams. I just don't get it. Like, it's such a weird situation. Well, apparently, Jared Goff said something about Sean, McKay, Sean McVay's girlfriend, and McVay decided to get him out of there. I'm just kidding. I don't believe that story at all. I know it was kind of the trending thing on Twitter. But it was just a situation to where Sean McVay and the Rams front office looked themselves in the mirror and say hey are we gonna you know play around with this quarterback thing and and just keep trying to decide if Goff's the guy or not or let's just move on if we have a team that's willing to take his contract right now um is Stafford worth two ones uh debatable but uh, when you have them willing to take on his contract yeah you throw out an extra one because you can't cut the guy you cut the guy that's like 65 million dollars in dead cap because how the dead cap works it's different from trading and cutting uh and with the rams they saved nearly about 45 million dollars by trading him opposed to cutting him so yeah he threw out that extra one all day um and it's a lot tougher for them to compete um as far as the 49ers, it's a lot tougher for them to compete when the Rams are throwing out two ones because I would have been not happy if the 49ers got stuck in that situation. I don't think you would have had to give up two ones. You know, you don't have this golf contract that literally hamstrings you, you know. Um, it's just interesting to me because so much of the stories in the offseason were, you know, obviously it's a week's offseason that's like a month old now. <clears> but, you know... Super Bowl like, hasn't even played yet. Feels like, <laughs> years, dude. Um, but like so much of it was that, you know, oh, there's no way the Rams can get out of this contract. There's no way the Rams are going to get out of it. The Rams are always going to be little brothers to the 49ers because they have Jared Goff. And now we're looking at a situation where the 49ers probably have the worst quarterback in the division. It's not particularly close. And so the question is, is like missing out on Stafford, like, how big of an impact is that going to be going forward? Because now you have to play Russell Wilson twice. You have to play Kyler Murray, who and Kyler Murray doesn't have a head coach, but whatever. It's Kyler Murray's still really good. He can scramble and he has a good arm. And you now you have to play Matthew Stafford twice a year, and you still have to play that Rams defense, which while yes, the coordinator changed, 
They still have Aaron Donald. They still have Jalen Ramsey. You know, they're probably going to pay some of those players, even if they are over the cap. I don't know. It feels like salary cap is like a complete mirage sometimes with some of these teams. And I mean, it really felt like, you know, when you woke up Sunday morning that, you know, you lost your chance at winning the division again with that trade. I don't know if that's a crazy thing to say. I think it's a absolutely crazy thing to say um, because when you're looking at one position, granted, it's the quarterback. It's the most position, uh, most important position on the team. So, but looking at it from that view, that's just a small crack of the window being opened. Uh, when you look at it, you got to look at the team view. Team view is the coaching staff. Is the coaching staff there? Is the players there, talent level, backup players. Um, so you're looking at it from the small crack of the window when it's saying Jimmy Garoppolo's the fourth best quarterback in the division, which is absolutely true. But now let's open up the window. This 49ers team just beat the Rams last season with Nick Mullins. So while the Rams are getting an upgrade in Matthew Stafford, so are the 49ers with whoever they're going to send out the field, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody else, that's going to be a lightning years ahead of Nick Mullins. They beat the Arizona Cardinals with Nick Mullins as well. Actually, C.J. Beathard, excuse me. They beat the Cardinals with C.J. Beathard. Uh, So obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever else is at quarterback is going to be lightning years ahead of C.J. Beathard. So that's why I'm not ready to close the book or, or close the door and say, that's it. 49ers are going to have to figure something out. They're not winning. the. I, I can't. Um, I, I would say 3-3 three and three in division is realistic. Maybe they could find their way at 4-2 and two if they sweep a team. I think they could sweep the Cardinals. That's realistic. I'm not sure if you sweep the Rams now. Where I would like to say they can still handle a Matthew Stafford is because this team understands Sean Payton's offense. Uh, they've went 4-0 on him. They The offense have went, scored more than uh, you know a winning amount of points once against this 49ers defense in the last four games. Yes, Robert Sala is now in New York, but D'Amico Ryans was there for all of those game plans, and Robert Sala has a great relationship with the 49ers staff, including D'Amico Ryan's Sala's one call away if you're trying to figure out a game plan because now it's going to be different with Matthew Stafford there, not Goff. Hey, this is what we're seeing on third and sixes, this third and sevens. How would you attack Sean McVay? This is the looks they gave a few times in some of those circumstances. Yeah, Sala's going to be crazy busy, but the relationship he has with the 49er staff, he's going to pick up that phone call. Um, So that's where I look at it. And then Seattle, they're going to have a new change at offensive coordinator. It could be better. It could be worse. I would imagine it's going to be better, but their defense is still going to be suspect against the run and the pass. So this division is still open, even if you have the fourth best quarterback on your roster. I get that, but the thing the thing is is, you know, now you have the worst quarterback in the division and it really feels like last year even before Jimmy's injury, he got kind of exposed against the Cardinals in that first game and yeah, you know, we came on here and we said, you know, don't overreact. But you go back and watch film for that game, he was awful. 
And not I agree. Or Nick Mullins were never not awful. They're always awful. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like teams have started to figure out Jimmy Garoppolo. And if, if your plan is to run it back with Jimmy Garoppolo and not try and order, you know, get the quarterback position just a little bit better, like it just felt like Stafford made so much sense. Like it was going to happen. And now that he's in LA, you know, the one thing the Rams had that was bad was quarterback, and they have it fixed now. Meanwhile, the 49ers, you know, yeah, the defense is still super talented. Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, you know, Fred Warner. Like, there's good positions. They still have to re-sign Jason Brett. You know, they still have to find a way to sign Trent Williams. You know, there's a bunch of free agents that they want to re-sign for sure. And I'm not even sure, like, even re-signing those free agents, if your plan is to run it back with Jimmy Garoppolo, I just don't think you have a chance at the Super Bowl. That's fair. Uh, it's just going to come down to Jimmy Garoppolo has to elevate. He has to attack the ball downfield. Because if you do that, it's going to open up the running lanes. That's going to let Raheem Mostert cook like he did in the NFC Championship. Uh, a lot of teams just took it from what KC did to the 49ers in that fourth quarter and said, hey, go at Jimmy, make him beat you. Um, so that's that's what's going to come down to. Can, can he do it? I don't know. Am I going to put my money on it? Probably not. So he just has to elevate. And if he doesn't, 49ers are going to get a whole lot better at the backup quarterback position whether it's not going to be Nick Mullins it's not going to be CJ Beathard going into the season as QB2 so if Jimmy G just kind of stands stills or doesn't elevate or even regresses there's going to be some type of back- backup plan there yeah I mean I also just with Jimmy Garoppolo like he's just never been healthy except for the 2019 season and like I don't know what makes people think that He's going to magically be healthy again next year. You're like, yeah, sure. Like, he was, you tore his ACL, came back, was healthy the whole season. But I mean, last year, like, even when he did come back a couple times, he was awful. And you can say, okay, if you really want to say, okay, it's the ankle, and that's why he was awful, I just don't see it. Like, he legit could not beat the worst defense we've ever seen in the Seattle Seahawks and, like, couldn't throw the ball down the field. And I just feel like if your plan right now after Louisiana Stafford is like, okay, we're back to Jimmy. The other thing is, like, you have shopped this guy twice now. You shopped him with Tom Brady last year, which everybody knows you did, and everybody knows you definitely were looking at Stafford because, like, you could pretend to be like, oh, no, no, we never did that. We never sent an offer. When we all know you did, you sent an offer, and then you're just going to pretend, oh, no, we're just going to go run it back with Jimmy. Like, I just don't understand that mentality. You know, I don't understand why you don't just overpay for Deshaun Watson. You know, if you've been this desperate, two years in a row, you've been this desperate, for a better quarterback, because you feel like your worst position is your quarterback, why don't you just do the Deshaun thing? I just don't get why they're being stingy with these picks, you know? And or if you scout Zach Wilson and that's your guy, go trade up and go get him. Like it just doesn't make any sense why they're so stingy and they're willing to go back to Jimmy Garoppolo again. I just don't get it. Myself personally, I would give up those four picks to get a Deshaun Watson. Um we, from what I know, from people that write for the same site I do, that were at the Senior Bowl when I wasn't there, John Lynch was talking a vivid conversation with the Detroit Lions GM for about three hours. And how that conversation ended was with a handshake. Um, to say the 49ers were never in on Stafford is false. And 
John Lynch is not going to have a vivid conversation for three hours, shake his hand, and walk away. Uh, whether there was a contract on the table or if John Lynch verbally offered, or excuse me, a trade offer on the table, or if John Lynch verbally offered the trade, there offer there was there was a trade offer with Detroit. Um, so yeah, Jimmy, I, it's not, he's going to have to build some type of confidence within himself because it obviously affected him last season, uh, right after the Super Bowl. Your name's in the discussion for the guy you backed up once already in your career. And now you have a down year after basically being the feels great baby guy. And they're looking to trade you again. So, yeah, it it sucks. It's a business. You understand that you're you're living the dream. And you just try to get out there and put your best performance on tape. That's what they always say is put it on tape for whether it's the 49ers or a different team because Jimmy Garoppolo is still young enough to get another high-paying contract. So he's just got to elevate his game and just ignore all of the BS. Like I said, I'm not going to put my money on it, but he's a professional athlete. So I guess it can be done when you have an offensive coordinator like Kyle Shanahan. I I don't even like... I don't like everyone thinks I hate Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever and whatever you want to say that's fine. But if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't even know if I want to go back to the 49ers the fact that they've tried to shop me twice. Like why would I go back there when I could just refuse to play, get cut and just go to the Colts? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um I think these guys understand that it's a business now. Um obviously he's not going to take less money to stay with the 49ers moving forward. Yeah, he could go to the Colts. I I could see that. I don't th- I don't think he's fully all in on the 49ers right now. I that's just too hard to say. Yeah, I I don't think that he wants to be here. I don't think that I don't even think Kyle really wants him here. Like from everything I've heard or everything I've kind of seen, it doesn't seem like anybody really wants him except for like the Jimmy stands on Twitter. They're the guys who really want him. I want Hey, up- hey, hey. We don't need to attack the Jimmy stands. Sorry. Sorry Jimmy stands. Uh, but the thing is, is like, I don't <laughs> think, I just think that Kyle wants an upgrade. And if Kyle wants an upgrade, like, they've got to be trying to get something done. You know, they've have to, they've have to have called the Texans about Deshaun. And, you know, maybe that relationship has to sour a little bit more before they'll actually trade him. But I mean, that's just something you need to keep your eye on all the way up into the draft. You know, Think about trading up and taking a Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, or a Trey Lance and, like, getting another guy and, you know. But the other name that keeps coming up, and it's literally come up since the day that Kyle took over, is Kirk Cousins. And I don't know what it would cost for Kirk Cousins. I would imagine probably, like, um, like a second-round pick next year and, like, a third or a fourth this year or something like that would be probably what you would have to do for him. And then his contract is – it's a little steep, but, I mean – it's an upgrade over Jimmy. You know, it, it's a it's a position it is a position that would, you know, where Kyle would I think be happier and I think it would allow him to do his offense, you know, the way he wants a little bit more. Um I mean, what do you think of Kirk Cousins as like a potential, you know, like you trade a little bit, get him and you know, you let Jimmy walk and maybe still draft a Trey Lance at 12 and put him behind Kirk Cousins. There's really the tr- or excuse me, Minnesota could trade him and they'll save what eleven million dollars? I don't know if that's worth it this year because who are you going to take other than Kirk Cousins? 
Like they're they're they don't have a better pick than the 49ers do. So, so Garoppolo and, and, and you're gonna take Garoppolo. Like why why would you do that for an 11 million dollar savings? It's actually gonna cost you a lot more because you would they would have to take 23 million dollars of Garoppolo salary. So it's basically they're paying what 44 million dollars to get rid of Cousins for Garoppolo for a second round pick. So that just doesn't make too much sense to me this season. And then if you look into next season, Kirk Cousins' cap hit is $45 million. I would have to look at the numbers to see how much the 49ers would pay on that um, themselves because if they make that trade next offseason, they're not going to have to pay all of it. But is he an upgrade over Jimmy G? Um, I'm going to say... For giving up a second round pick, you're gonna have to pay a guy forty million dollars for a guy that has been continually disrespected by his teammates. Uh, like I'm out. I, I I don't really see the upgrade there. Um, yeah, I I do want to see a quarterback that can throw the ball downfield to Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. George Kittle, Richie James, and whoever else they add from there. But do I want that guy to be Kirk Cousins, knowing everything you would have to give up and what you're going to have to take on contract-wise? Like, I'm good. I'm good. No, thank you. So if you don't want Kirk Cousins, you know, obviously I think we both want Deshaun. That's like the number one option. What else do you think they could do at the quarterback position to fix it during this offseason? Okay. I'm going to give my dream scenario right here okay this is what we've all been waiting for a team that's been leaked with the the texans whether if it's true or not i can't confirm that myself but my dream scenario is to make a trade with the new york jets you have that relationship there with robert sala obviously being in building to where the new york jets you're going to give them a better package to go get Deshaun Watson. And how you do that is you give them a one this year, which is your 12, a one next year, um, and maybe your comp third or your comp third next year. So you're giving them three picks for that number two selection. And why it makes sense for Houston, or excuse me, why it makes sense for the Jets is because now they have a packet. They picked up an extra one to go try and get Deshaun Watson. So that's why they can do it. Deshaun Watson's reps are in New York, his marketing representation. It's in New York, so it's, it's a fit. And then now the 49ers are able to take Zach Wilson second Ooh! overall by doing that. <laughs> oh, you know how I feel about Mr. Zach Wilson. I would, I would love that. That would be an dream. That's my dream scenario because it makes it makes sense on both sides. The 49ers could go move up to two, get Zach Wilson, and the Jets just grabbed an extra first round pick to go get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I, I, I actually really like that. Um, I mean, do you if you draft Zach Wilson, do you think you start him as opposed to like keep Jimmy and have him start at the season, or you think like when you're drafting a guy that high, he should be ready to start like you know. Similar to what happened with Joe Burrow last year. So my decision, if if it was myself making that decision, it would be 
to have Zach Wilson paired with a veteran like Andy Dalton. Yep. Or to a veteran like Tyrod Taylor. If Zach Wilson shows in camp he's ready to start week one, then you start him. If Dalton or Tyrod aren't ready to start week one, or excuse me, if Wilson's not ready to start week one, then you start Tyrod or, or Dalton. Um, the reason why I would go with those veterans over Jimmy is just because you would figure it's going to save the team about $13 million in cap space, if not more than $13 million. So I would rather go with those veteran options, but you you leave it into Zach Wilson's hands. Does he show you in camp that he's ready for week one? If he does, boom, go for it. I think you just created my dream scenario, basically. Like, I, I think that that's, that's actually... My dream scenario, too, is that, you know, you somehow get to two take Zach Wilson and he's the quarterback of the future. And, you know, who knows? Maybe by next year you have a quarterback that's better than Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford. Maybe not better than Russell Wilson because he's been so good for so long. But, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that Zach Wilson is the best bet at quarterback you could do if you're not getting Deshaun Watson. You know, if you're getting Deshaun Watson, that's literally the best. But I think, like, second is Zach Wilson in the draft. But, I mean, like, if we're looking at other options, like, what kind of other options have you thought about? You know, like, I've been racking my brain. I was on the Niners Nation pod we did talking about what do you do at quarterback now that Stafford's gone? Like, what kind of stuff have you thought about, like, different options you could do? Um, It can obviously be Deshaun Watson. I, it's just hard for me to believe that the 49ers are willing to give up four first-round picks for a guy they missed on originally when they took Solomon Thomas instead. Um, it could be Aaron Rodgers, but that's that's not going to be this offseason. Um, so there there will be other options out there. It's just not going to be out there this year. Like Dak Prescott could be an option if things continue to go sour with the Dallas Cowboys. He's a free agent, right? He's a free agent, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. From everything I hear, the Cowboys are going to pay him. But do I trust Jerry Jones to make the smart route? Probably, probably not, because they're they have a lot of high pay contracts on there, like Ezekiel Elliott, Demarcus Lawrence, Tyron Smith. So they have contracts on that team, um, to where I don't know if it's gonna fit in order to make it happen. I I think it's a possibility. I don't. I would not consider it a reality for the Forty ers but it's just or. I think you might have to even move up for Trey Lance. may not be this year now. Once the Stafford rumors are out there, I was like, okay, the 49ers are 100% going to have to trade up to go get a guy like Trey Lance. But now that the Lions have golf, they probably don't have to now because the Lions have a quarterback um, that they could at least wait a few years on that they don't have to draft this year with the seventh overall pick. So Trey Lance could be a possibility to land to the 49ers now and if you're taking a guy like Trey Lance I would rather have Jimmy in there than Dalton or Tyrod Taylor just because I don't think Trey Lance is as ready as Zach Wilson I would prefer Trey Lance to sit an entire season and if I'm talking about a quarterback that's going to have to sit an entire season then I want Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Dalton or Tyrod Taylor so thinking about, you know, the worst case scenario or like the scenario you think is most likely to happen, I guess worst case for me because I, apparently I hate everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, 
what is the scenario you think is most likely to happen, you know, come, you know, uh, August, if there is a preseason September when the season actually does start? I think as of right now, looking at the landscape, the most likely scenario, the cost of Niners Nation had it um, when we sent out the graphics of predicting our destinations for each quarterback. I think the most likely scenario is Jimmy Garoppolo's projected week one starter. With Trey Lance. With, uh, with maybe. <laughs> maybe Trey Lance. We'll see. It could be Mac Jones. It, um, if they decide they don't want to use the 12th overall pick on a quarterback and they would rather wait for Mac Jones in round two. like so. Um, but I would say it's probably Jimmy Garoppolo and a rookie. Man, I just... Bring it, running it back with Jimmy Garoppolo just sounds like a bad idea after what we saw last year. But, I mean, if that's what they really want to do, I mean, there's nothing I can say that's going to change anything. There's nothing I'm going to be able to talk on this podcast that's going to change anything. But it just feels like, you know, a recipe for disaster. I felt like last year, you know, like, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo deserves this. You know, he deserves one more season. Yeah, he was awful in the Super Bowl and probably cost him a championship because I'm not going to blame the refs because I think that's a lame uh, thing to do as a football fan. But... You know, that fourth quarter, he was so awful that, you know, I totally understood the Tom Brady thing. But I was like, yeah, you know, I think you give him one more year. And then this season, I just we didn't see anything this season that was like, yeah, that's a franchise guy. That's the guy I want around my team. You know, that's my guy. And then you hear about the Stafford thing and the 49ers are fully in on it. And then as soon as they realize they're not going to get him, like, oh, no, no, that wasn't us. We're not in it at all. Like, it's just it feels like they're actively looking for an upgrade, but they just fall short literally every time you know they're like the second place guy or the third place guy every time they're never at the top of the podium on these quarterbacks and i don't know if that's a that's a john lynch thing i don't know if it's a kyle thing but it feels like they just keep failing well it's definitely gonna have to be a kyle thing because kyle's the one who got john lynch essentially hired um because john lynch said hey kyle i heard you're going to the 49ers like is your GM set in stone? Do you already have a guy? No. Okay, perfect. Get me an interview. And John Lynch killed the interview. So it's and it's also Kyle's offense. John's gonna ride with Kyle um's decision at the quarterback position because one, he respects the hell out of Kyle. Two, he respects the hell out of Kyle's dad. Three, he's seen what Kyle's been able to do at the quarterback position while it's been limited. So it, it's got to be a mutual agreement between the two. Yeah, I just hope they make the right decision for this team and the future of this team. Now that you know we're we have a we are like a division that where everyone has a quarterback except for us. Yeah, well, if you look at it last year, like Tom Brady was a pipe dream. You weren't able to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo at that time. Um, for someone to have to take on his contract probably wasn't going to happen. Uh, and then you didn't really have the options there at the draft. Jordan Love. Eh. you know that the book hasn't even been opened yet on that because he hasn't even suited up for a game yet and then oh with the also with the tom brady it's just financially it it wasn't going to happen with the amount of dead cap what what was going to have to come from jimmy garoppolo if you had to cut him um and then he's going to bring in his boy rob gronkowski he's going to bring in his boy antonio brown 49ers were literally scraping for peanuts this off this during the season to have enough players on the roster for game day. And then you look at this offseason with Matthew Stafford. It's not that they couldn't afford Stafford this time. It's just that for whatever reason, the Lions wanted golf. And if you're going to 
give them what three ones possibly to go get Gaw or to go get Stafford to win that trade? Like, no. So uh, it's just like, yeah, it, it's more of a circumstance, if anything. Yeah, it just feels like we are at this turning point now. And I said this on Twitter. I feel like Kyle is such a good head coach. Like, he's probably one of the best the Niners have ever had in their history. Like, by far, right? But it feels like if this quarterback situation doesn't get better or if Jimmy gets hurt three games in the season or if just they don't even make the playoffs or they get to the first round and lose because their quarterback play just can't overcome something, you know, and the Rams win the division easily, it feels like the things are going to start looking bleaker and bleaker and bleaker to the point where, yeah, I think John Lynch is probably the first one to go, but, like, you know, they're not going to stick around forever for Kyle to have another winning season. Like, yeah, he got him the Super Bowl, which he probably saved his job a couple of years. But if they don't figure this quarterback thing out, like, I I thought, you know, in the next two years, I think that's when we're going to be in some trouble. Like, I think that, you know, if they want to make a big splash and make themselves look good, and, yeah, there's always a chance that, you know, it comes back to bite them in the butt. But I think that, like, you go get a Zach Wilson – or a Trey Lance, and use like, this is the guy. This is the future of the 49ers. This is the guy, you know, and we have to deal with Jimmy now because, you know, this is the bed we made, and we don't want to overpay for a quarterback. We don't want to do this, this, and this, you know, but we drafted this guy at 12, and he's the future, and, like, having that at least, I feel like it's something to look forward to where I think it would allow them to keep their jobs. But right now, it just feels like, I mean, they have probably, what, the 17th, 18th best quarterback in the NFL, the worst in the division, you know, maybe one of the worst in the NFC. Like, it just feels like, you know, nothing can go right for this team. And now we're getting to free agency. They have all these free agents they have to get back. You know, it's just, for so, with Stafford, it felt like this team was going to get Stafford. They're going to right back to the Super Bowl and they're going to be, you be great because the Rams are stuck with Goff. Well, now the Rams don't have Goff. You know, Rams have a much better quarterback. The Niners are in a bad situation. And I'm worried that that this is going to be what ends up ruining, you know, and puts them back as being cellar dwellers again, which, God forbid, I don't want to do that again because I think Kyle is the future of this team for at least 20 years as a head coach. Well, you could also look at it as far as like, but what's out there landscape-wise as far as veterans right now that you could say for certain is Deshaun Watson. Okay, if you're giving up four first-round picks for Deshaun Watson – who's eventually going to have to give the okay? York? Jed York? He's the owner of the team. Um, What if he says, no, I'm not giving up four first-round draft picks when I have this $27 million quarterback and I have one of the highest-paid head coaches in the league that's an offensive genius? Figure it out before I give up four first-round draft picks. Trey Lance, like, yeah, that's cool, but is he more... for certain than Jimmy G is right now? Probably not. Is he a better like prospect? Yeah, because you've seen what Jimmy G can be in, in the NFL, and we haven't seen what Trey Lance could do in the NFL yet. But he's not more certain than Jimmy G is right now. And also how I look at the NFL draft when it comes to that quarterback position is, okay, you have one guy, maybe two guys every year, or not every year, but that come out of the quarterback class for a draft that are pro bowlers, one or two, at at the most two. Um, You may have an oddball year where it's three. So you're taking the fourth best 
projected quarterback off the board at the 12th overall, like it's a gamble. It's a gamble because I look at this year's draft class and Trevor Lawrence is already one of the two. That's going to be a year in, year out Pro Bowl quarterback talk. So who's the other one? I would say it's probably Zach Wilson. If it's not Zach Wilson, probably Justin Fields. So for myself, I think Trey Lance has more of the bust potential between those four quarterbacks. But he could also be great. We don't know yet. Since we don't know yet, that's why Jimmy G's the best option to start week one. Yeah, I mean, and I think we're going to see what the Niners do on draft night. I mean, I think that Kyle's really just starting to evaluate these quarterbacks and maybe, you know, he'll find his guy. And I don't know. I'm kind of scared, though. I can definitely tell you for the first time in a while, I'm, I'm really scared that the Niners are going to be stuck with Jimmy G and, you know, it's going to hurt their potential because I think their potential is Super Bowl, you know, team that can go compete with the Colts, but they have to upgrade that quarterback position. And it doesn't seem like that's getting done this offseason. It can. It can. I, I brought up the scenario to where Jed York could say no, but there's also a scenario where he could say yes, do whatever it takes to get that guy. Um, so, like, Deshaun Watson's still a possibility. Zach Wilson's still a possibility. Um, so all those guys are still possibilities. Um, but does it make it harder to win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo? Absolutely. Can it be done? Sure. Maybe. Oh, yeah. He could still elevate. He could still elevate. And how a person his age elevates eventually is. It just becomes mental at that at that point. Look at um, Akela Weatherspoon. Like, he's always got knocked for just going in a deep hole and, and playing really bad football and having zero confidence. And then these final four games of the season... That guy balled out. He might have played better than Jason Verrett those final four weeks, which is fair that Jason Verrett was playing a whole season, so his legs weren't as fresh as Akello, but Akello balled. And sometimes you ball like that when your confidence isn't even a thought because you have nothing to lose. So what, like, there's an opportunity to where Jimmy G could just do something we didn't think of and complete a 20 yard pass through the air. That's not scripted through play action because his brain just turned into a nothing to lose kind of mentality. Absolutely. I mean, and we'll see. I mean, it's a long off season. We we're going to have many shows before, you know, we get to the season. So real quick before we end the show today, I want to talk to you about the senior bowl. You were there this weekend. Um, obviously we've been talking about so much about quarterback. I mean, let's talk, talk real quick about the quarterbacks you saw, what you saw, if you saw anything, you know, I mean, obviously Mac Jones was there. He's the biggest name there. You know, what kind of stuff did you see from the quarterbacks at the senior bowl? Gosh, I'm, I'm so mad. So I got, I got a scoop, um, on Mac Jones that he was not going to play, uh, a, a couple days before I was just like, the, the guy kind of just loosely set it out there and he's like, yeah. You know, Mac Jones ain't going to play. And I was just like, wait, did he just say Mac Jones wasn't going to play? But I never met the guy in my life, so I didn't know if I it was a thing I should put out there. But then once he didn't play, I was like, damn, I missed that opportunity to break the news that Mac Jones wasn't playing. <laughs> um, But from the quarterbacks we saw out there, it was bad. Like, maybe Kellen Mond in the seventh. Those guys just struggled 
like really bad. It was more so a ball placement. I know Jamie Newman was a hot name um, during the practices because he had some throws that were just incredible. But game time came and his ball placement was awful. Bolts like so many balls in the dirt. It what it reminded me of was basically watching like a week one preseason game and you're in the final five minutes. Like nothing could have been completed. Yeah, Kellen Mond turned it on. At the end, he had better ball placement, and he kind of just gained more confidence the more reps he had on, on the field. But is he someone that I'm going to take around three or four? Probably not, just because it was kind of a, a thing in practice. He looked bad in practice. He looked bad in the game outside of, what, two quarters? So on the quarterbacks there, I'm I'm kind of out on uh, the receivers, one I really liked was Austin Watkins from uh, um, UAB. And he didn't get much reps in the game because from something we heard is he banged his knee uh, on punt coverage. And that kind of kept him out of the script at that point because he was running with the threes. And that's when he was going to get his time to shine basically in the second half. But at halftime he was say, Hey, save your draft stock. Just sit this one out. Um, so that's why you won't see it on the game film, but he was the best receiver during the practices there. That's actually, he's actually Sammy Watkins younger cousin. So it's a name to keep an eye on. Uh, and then Amari Rogers, like, yeah, he had some good reps during the game, but I'm still suspect on, how he plays in 50-50 contested catches. Um, just because I didn't see it show up, really, when he was at Clemson. And then Senior Bowl practice came around, and he was making those catches in practice. So I'm still trying to figure out, is he a practice guy or is he a game guy? I like Shai Smith out of out of South Carolina, same receiver. Um, I think he, he ran like a, a drag route during the game and, and made some big plays on it. And then a running back, North Carolina, Michael Carter. My gosh, he reminds me of a little bit of Raheem Mostert because he could just burst. But not only that is, you're not taking him down on the first tackle. It's not happening. And the best part of that is his family was there at the game, and they were lit. They were just screaming, going crazy. They were saying, feed number seven. Um, They were actually chanting that before he got his touchdown the rugby style touchdown where the freaking whole pile just moved into the end zone from like the five yard line. Um, so that, that was pretty cool to see defensive line. I like Patrick Jones quite a bit. Um, but the corner now that I want the 49ers to draft is St. Juice. Uh, he's from Minnesota and that guy can, he can ball. He could run with his receivers downfield and what I like about him the most is when he's the targeted DB is he'll hand fight the receiver while the receiver's trying to like make the catch. So usually when someone's in coverage, if they're able to put their hands up, they'll just put their hands up, but they won't try to rip the ball out of the receiver's hands. St. Juice has that in him. And I think that's a very important trait to have because you eliminate receptions that way. I think that corners are going to be a big position they really look at. I mean, obviously, 
you know, we spent almost 30 minutes of the show just talking about quarterback. I hope quarterback's number one, but it seems like there were no quarterbacks to scout. I mean, was there any other defensive players you saw? I mean, I know it's the senior bowl, so it's not like this amazing roster of players. It's not all there, but, you know, Mm -hmm. um, was Devonta Smith there? Uh, No, he showed up for like the first day, wore his jersey on the sideline, left. Najee Harris showed up, did a couple practice reps, left. So neither one of them were there for game day. And and Kyle Trash didn't play either. No, he he wasn't. Something I'm upset about is that Trey Lance was there. And I had no idea until I was back in my Airbnb. And I was punching the air vividly. Just, Just straight uppercuts to the air. Because I was so mad that I did not know Trey Lance was at the Senior Bowl. Got a good because he he was in the stands. He was in the stands. So I would have had access to say, hey, Trey, ask him a couple questions. And possibly could have got him on this pod. So I am sorry, Nate. Forgive me. Don't don't cut me off. Don't lay me off next week. Forgive me. If, you, if it was Zach Wilson, I would have fired you on the, on the spot. <laughs> That's fair. I would have fired myself. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a senior ball. It's not, you know, oh, excuse me. It's not like, um, it's not going to be like all the guys you really want to see. And with the way the combine's being done, I mean, I'm surprised there wasn't more high caliber players there. But I mean, you kind of have to deal with what you have here. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the draft because, you know, I think this is going to be the year that we see like the least amount from these guys before the draft. Um, and, you know, the 49ers have a lot of decisions to make. Uh, and free agency as well. Like there's just a whole. This is such a crazy off season for this team because now, it's you know we come bring back to the beginning of the show. The Rams have Stafford, and the Seahawks have Russell Wilson, and the Cardinals have Kyler Murray. You know maybe if you bring it back with Jim, you know, bolster that defense. Yeah, it's obviously not going to be say your top sixty players on the draft board. A lot of them are going to be seniors. But when I originally looked at the roster, I was like, okay. I don't know you. I've never heard of your name, but then I came back and I was really impressed from the talent I saw out there. Um, one particular name is Divine Diablo, safety from Virginia Tech. That is a large human being. If if he ever said anything disrespectful to me, I would have said, yes, sir, you're probably right. Um, he's someone that could play a safety spot. He was covering tight ends. He was covering slot receivers. Uh, he's bigger than linebackers that were on the field. So he's someone I could see, hey, why not play as a Sam position? Because then if you're playing a team like, say, the Chiefs, where they can run the ball with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, or you're playing a team like the Packers, where they could run the ball with Aaron Jones, having a player like Divine Diablo who could cover slot receivers, tight ends, and is just as big as linebackers, it allows you to stay in base more without losing that coverage standpoint. Safety is something to look at, but I mean, do you really think they would go safe? I mean, what do you? What, what kind of round are we talking about for a guy like that? So, Divine Diablo, we're we're probably talking like fourth round, but he he, I wouldn't say he necessarily could be safety. He could also be a Sam linebacker, so he could take over the starting role for Aziz Al Shair, which uh, Aziz, you know, he. He played better towards the end of the season, but he he's not all there in coverage quite yet. He could develop that, but Divine Diablo could also play in the box safety, 
So kind of like what we saw from Marcel Harris where, you know, we've gotten some excitement for Marcel Harris because he's a, he's a great hitter. You get to hit the helmet off some guys, but the divine Diablo also gives you that. And with the potential departure of Jaquiski Tart this off season, and then you look at the safeties after the 2022 season, you have basically just Jimmy Ward because Marcel Harris will be a free agent. And so will Tarvarius more. Yeah. I mean, there's, that's the, the scariest thing I think about this is like, yeah, sure. You know, we're, we talk about the quarterback a lot because it's the biggest, most important position, but there's a lot of guys on this team that are going to have to get replaced or, you know, just filled with you know, a rookie contract to fill that spot. And I think one thing San Francisco has been really good at is, you know, drafting, you know, talent in some of those later rounds. And I'm hoping, you know, that trend can continue this year, whether or not they tackle the quarterback position in the first or second round. I think that in the later rounds, you know, you just need to bolster, um, fill some of the spots, um, and just make sure you have talent everywhere. You know, if someone gets hurt, which seems to be happening a lot with this team, that there's someone to come in behind that guy and at least, you know, give you decent play. You know, you don't have to be elite, but, you know, decent play to keep yourself in line for this division that's going to be really hard to win. Yeah, and I'm also a, a stand on drafting a guy before you need him. You could end up needing him week one, but if, like I said, I, I broke down what you're going to have on contract after the 2022 season is just Jimmy Ward or excuse me. It's after this season, it's just Jimmy Ward. So going into the 2022 season right now on the books is only Jimmy Ward at the safety position. So if you get a guy now that expedites him being able to learn the playbook, being in the scheme a year early. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Is there any other guys you saw from the Senior Bowl you want to talk about before we close this thing out? That's pretty much just it. Um, we saw great play from the tackle from Cincinnati. Um, Joe Staley's been teaching and mentoring the guy from North Dakota State, right tackle, Reduns. That's the reason why Trey Lance was even there. I should have put two and two together. For now on, I'm going to be turning on Trey Lance's IG stories just in case if he ever finds his way in my in my neighborhood for whatever reason <laughs> um so they he looks good and and that's that's pretty much about it like Creed Humphrey definitely solid solidified himself um during the practice week from what I've heard Mac Jones wasn't so well it is what it is. We'll see. I mean, we still got a whole lot more weeks in this offseason. We still got a whole lot more what feels like years in this offseason. There's a lot to happen. I mean, obviously, I hope that Deshaun is the, the option. They just trade because I think I talked with Levin yesterday on the pod, and I said, you know, he said, you know, if you're going to trade all these picks, you're probably going to trade for one of the best players you've had since, you know, Jerry Rice. So why not do it? And I totally agree. Deshaun's that good. I think trading the future is smart, but I'm, like you said as well, you know, Jed might not let that happen and they'll have to just figure it out through the draft. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think you got to go in to week one with some plan at quarterback. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Is there anything you want to plug before we end this show? Just go ahead and, and follow me on Twitter. Leo Luna 93. For sure. You can check me out at nine and eight forty nine. We will see you next week in this off season that feels like it's going to last forever. And uh, maybe we'll have some good news and uh, not the Rams or the Seahawks or the Cardinals getting better because please, please no more. <laughs>
We'll see you next time.